G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. What we like hearing about most is the love and the grace and the mercy of God. Really. But this loving God is also a God of wrath and anger and judgment. And if we don't understand that side of this amazing God of love, then we can't begin to understand God. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and welcome again to A Different Perspective, as today we chat about, yeah, the wrath of God. And please do stick with me, because at the end of today's message, I'll be telling you about our latest life application booklet called Laying Hold of Your New Life. I'd love to send you a free copy to help you live out the abundant life that Jesus died and rose again to bring you. Yesterday on the program, we chatted about cause and effect. You drink and drive and knock over a pedestrian, you're going to pay the price. Cause and effect. You eat too much of the wrong foods and don't exercise enough, and it's going to cut your life short. Cause and effect. You spend more than you earn, you'll go broke. Cause and effect. So as much as we live in a world where we've convinced ourselves that pretty much anything goes, basically that's a lie because we live in a world of cause and effect. And as we saw yesterday, the Apostle Paul put it this way in Galatians chapter 6, beginning at verse 7. He said, look, don't be deceived. God isn't mocked. You're going to reap what you sow. If you sow to your own flesh, you'll reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap eternal life from the Spirit. So, look, let's not grow weary in doing what's right, for we will reap at harvest time if we don't give up. Now, over the coming days, we're going to talk quite a bit about this harvest that Paul's been talking about, the harvest of righteousness. But today, there's something else we need to chat about first. It's the alternative to this wonderful harvest of righteousness. It's one hell of a subject, but if we don't talk about it, then I wouldn't be doing my job. The word wrath appears throughout the Bible some 266 times, and most of the times it's used, it's talking about the wrath of God. Now, I pretty much know we don't want to hear about God's anger and God's wrath towards those who've rebelled against him. I know that, and I know that first instincts are to reach for the dial and turn this guy off or change the station. I know that too. But I want to encourage you not to do that. Because this short message about the wrath of God may be the most important thing you will ever, ever hear about. So stick with me, even though it feels maybe a bit uncomfortable just at the moment. God is really, really clear about his impending wrath. And what that word wrath means is this, anger, which will manifest itself in the form of punishment. And he's also really clear about the things that kindle his wrath. Colossians chapter 3, beginning at verse 5 in the New Testament. Put to death, therefore, whatever in you is earthly, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, greed, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming on those who are disobedient. These are the ways you also once followed when you were living that life. But now you must get rid of all such things, anger, vengeance, malice, slander, and abusive language from your mouth. 
Don't lie to one another, seeing that you have stripped off the old self with its practices and have clothed yourselves with a new self which is being renewed in the knowledge according to the image of its creator. Here's the amazing thing. I used to think that God was basically just one big long list of religious rules. Do this, do that. And to be sure, I grew up in a religious tradition that was very much rule-bound. But the more I read of what God has to say in his word, the more I go to the source and find out exactly what he has to say, the thing that I discover is that there are actually very, very, very few things that God says to us don't do. Very few. Look at the list that Paul gives us here. But now you must get rid of all such things. Anger, vengeance, malice, slander, abusive language. Don't lie to one another. There are a few others too, but actually not many. And they're all things that are blatantly wrong. They're all things that obviously have painful consequences in our lives, right? Why is it that we kid ourselves and we say, well, you know, being a Christian's hard and all these things I'm not allowed to do and I'm not allowed to have fun. That's not what it says. The only things about which God says don't do them are the ones that are going to hurt us and hurt others. And listen to this. If you persist in doing them, then eventually, even though God is slow to anger, even though he is merciful, even though he is a God of grace, eventually his wrath is going to fall. It's a simple message, and it's the message I think he wants us to hear today. Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is what God's saying to us. They're blindingly, glimpsingly obvious. Hello? Do you get it? Keep on doing these things in stiff-necked opposition to what I'm telling you, and you will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's what God's saying. It's that simple. And this alternative to the halves of righteousness, this not inheriting the kingdom of God, that's a frightening prospect, because the alternative is, is living the rest of eternity. And by the way, that's a very long time. It's living the rest of eternity in the wrath of God, in God's anger and God's punishment. Just picture that. Just, just imagine that for a moment. Listen to the contrast, the, the sharp contrast between the eternities reserved for those who worship the devil. In this passage I'm about to read, he's called the beast through their rebellion against God and those who, on the other hand, worship God through Jesus his son. Have a listen to the contrast in what lies ahead for those two different groups of people. It's kind of written in picture language, so let God's word paint the picture for you. Revelation beginning at chapter 14, verse 9. Then another angel, a third one, followed them, crying out with a loud voice, Those who worship the beast in its image and receive a mark on their foreheads or on their hands, they will also drink the wine of God's wrath, poured unmixed into the cup of his anger, and they will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. There is no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and its image and for anyone who receives the mark of its name. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and hold fast to the faith of Jesus. 
And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, Blessed are the dead who from now on die in the Lord. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labours, for their deeds will follow them. John Lennon in his famous song Imagine sang these words, Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try, no hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. And in fact, there are many living their lives imagining that. There are many living just for today. But one day, they're going to be greatly disappointed. Jesus made that absolutely clear. Matthew 10, verse 28. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Friend, God has a wonderful plan, a fantastic plan for your life. It's a plan to live in his blessing from this point on and for all eternity. He sent his son, Jesus, to pay for all our sin so that we can put our trust in him and we can be forgiven and we can have this new life. But if we reject Jesus, there's an alternative and it's not pretty. It just isn't. all that we have going on in life, it's difficult, if not impossible, to understand what God's up to. But God, let me tell you, is in the business of transforming your life from one degree of glory to the next. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Laying Hold of Your New Life, and it's full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you live out the abundant life that Jesus died and rose again to bring you. In fact, at the end of each chapter, you'll find some life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. You can request your free copy right now. Either stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.